Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Hey guys, Riley here, and congratulations to Adam Carolla for coming up on his 10-year of podcasting on March 10th. And now you can catch up on some of his finest moments of the decade. Check out the Corolla Network's Corolla Classics. A look back on some of the funniest moments on the show like you've never heard them before. Celebrate 10 years of great podcast moments with Corolla Classics every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Black Panther got not just the first, but the first three Oscars for Marvel and Into the Spider-Verse is an Academy Award-winning film. We got some really heartwarming stuff from Zachary Levi. The Captains Marvel are going to support each other, uh, and we are all going to grow up a little and be nice to each other and fix Rotten Tomatoes. The it's Captains Marvel. a beautiful Marvel. new world. They have changed the face of Rotten Tomatoes themselves. They are heroes in real life and in the movies. I love that. Cannot wait to get into that. Love that guy. This is episode 294 of Collider Heroes. We are a mere six issues away from our Venom issue. <laughs> I'm a very, very excited boy. And joining us today is frequent guest, awesome human, and friend of the show trevor steins hello this episode of collider heroes brought to you by my eye bags thanks for having me <laughs> it's early here in la and we are all figuring it out good morning trevor and i also decided to dress alike today because we we're excited for the spider-man oscar nice yes oh man i should have went to black panther swag and the leather jacket black panther swag making it happen so this is 294 i'm really excited because i love that our fans get as excited for anniversary issues as we do <laughs> i've already talked to frequent Collider Heroes artist Colm, and he is very excited for a 300 issue. Uh, stuff's coming, guys. I'm just I'm starting the hype train now. <laughs> but speaking of hype train, the Oscars were Sunday, and in that comic news has forever changed because you can't say people aren't taking them seriously anymore. Three Oscars for Black Panther. Now, it didn't walk away with Best Picture like I wanted it to, but we can't have everything. It did, however, get the first ever Oscar for Marvel and then kept Marvel getting Studios. them. Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios. But then it kept getting them. It got costume design, very well-deserved yeah. Ruthie Carter. It score. got production design. It got score, and if you've never run to that soundtrack or that score, you will get at least a minute off your mile, I guarantee you. <laughs> it's a real good one. So, and then Into the spider 
Spider-Verse got Best Animated Picture, and I have to say, a big controversy came out of that because they didn't thank Stan Lee or Steve Ditko, but if you watch the ceremony, the poor, the fifth guy gets cut off immediately, and he talked about Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, like, in his speech. So, if you were upset they didn't get mentioned, they got mentioned, they just cut the mic because society. So, Lee, what did Ditko, you guys Bendis, and Pichelli, I was really pleased that those guys on the award circuit have generally been, like, making a point to mention that stuff, and it would have been awesome, obviously, to have that on the biggest stage. Um, obviously, it was, it was awesome that Stan made it to the in memoriam mm-hmm. as someone who worked technically in the movies uh i i i was thrilled i was over the moon uh ruth carter for costume design was a beautiful and history making choice uh, uh hannah beekler and jay hart for production design uh she i believe was the the like the first african-american and the first woman of color to win that award wow. uh which is insane and like did an incredible job. Uh, Ludwig Gordonson for the score. It was it, it was a beautiful, fun thing to to watch all that go down. And while I would have loved to see them walk away with Best Picture, uh, I, I felt like we haven't convinced quite enough of the general populace yet. Um, so I'm just real proud that they that they were in there, uh, and uh, it was a delightful night. And obviously, Spider Verse has my entire heart. <laughs> so had that surprise won Best Picture, I think we all would have been fine with it. Yeah, okay. but, uh, <laughs> they just entered. In the like, yep. And um, with the right in, we've got into the Spider Verse. Yeah, so weird. Yeah, last time I was here, I talked some Spider Verse spoilers and about how it made me cry like a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, like usually I'm the kind of guy like I get really into the Oscars. I love watching all the Oscar movies and and making bets on the ceremony and everything. Um, but this year I just found like for some reason I just wasn't as invested. So the best animated feature was the one that I was like. Like the what the really the category I wanted to see, yeah. Um, and I would say that like Spider Verse was probably the favorite going into it, you know. Um, but I think the question, the big question, was like, are they going to give it to Pixar because they often right. do, you know? And I really liked Incredibles too, but um, you know, I'm, I'm I gotta represent <laughs> my boy, uh, and so I was like, I, I leapt out of my seat when Spider Verse won because that movie is just beautiful, and like it really, I think it really, really deserved like. Uh, that that award you know yeah i think if even if you put it up against like some really stacked years for animated film it's still um, it still is like it's a i mean i saw people um saying that it should have won best picture like out of the best <laughs> picture nominees like saying it was the best movie of the year um and so you know i don't disagree because I loved it. So, yeah, I was so, so happy to see that. And, and yeah, and congrats again to Black Panther. Like, I think the awards it won, it definitely deserved, like, costume design, um, score, and what was it, production costume. design? Mm-hmm. Costume, costume production, production design yeah. and score. Yeah, 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 and its production design was gorgeous as well. Like, creating the world of Wakanda, like, that was a feat. And, I mean, that's why people went to see that movie three and four or five times was because they wanted to be immersed in that world. I mean, and so. I also would have accepted a nomination for screenplay, but, you know. You know, I still and I, I think <laughs> yeah. that Michael B. Jordan for supporting actor. We could, I mean, we could literally just <laughs> yeah, shape the Oscars around this movie. And how great is that? Like, it made one point whatever it's up to now billion dollars for a reason. And Spider-Verse made more than people expected for a reason, too, because it, it, there's something that it's sung to in our hearts. Like, and it, people talking about Spider-Verse as best picture, not ironically, because people actually, it was my favorite movie of last year yeah. and last year was the movie year of infinity war like yeah i waited 10 years and 20 movies for this like the summation of a saga and then spider-verse was like hey Surprise. great great job hold my beer like, that, it, that's <laughs> why it's getting re-released this weekend yeah uh, we're getting internationally more. so yeah, and then how cool is that like we, we can revisit it go see it again in theaters keep supporting really important art like you're we talking about incredibles 2 being great and i watched incredibles 1 and 2 back to back and mm. i saw in that the evolution of animation it was really yeah. cool to see yeah. how much we've but this mm. this isn't an evolution it's a revolution in animation spider verse is a revolutionary film it changed not just animation but what filmmaking can be and what children can accept and it didn't belittle yeah. the kids or the adults watching it and it didn't spoon feed a thing that movie is full of so much canon mythology and invents new mythology and it trusts its audience i love that yeah. spider verse was a cartoon that didn't play dumb it played highest intelligence and that to me is what makes a good movie is when the audience feels smarter for it and experiences things and like has their heart wrenched and used and that's what i go to the movies for is to experience growth and the revolution that Spider-Verse earned every accolade it got and I'm so glad it's getting more money this weekend. When I saw it, I tweeted out that I I hope that um, Spider-Verse changes the way the industry being the film industry like 
views animation and like what it's capable of and the kind of stories you can tell with it because like for so long it's relegated to like being geared towards children and like full shade on the writers from the academy awards who otherwise made a very entertaining ceremony i loved every presenter up there but when they were introducing the animation category it seems clear that someone was like casting around for something to say and they were like yes we we no longer have to put away childish things when we grow up and it's like that's i saw that this is not the best family film category it's animated film i thought that too yeah no, like, everyone is working real hard to do a difficult job when they put the Oscars on, but don't think we didn't notice. We noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, like, Japanese animation has been, like, making adult content or, like, content geared towards an older audience for so long. Yeah. And I want, like, I want the West to catch up because True. adult animation or, like, you know, geared towards an older audience, like, there's just so much you can do with animation that you can't do with live action. And I just, like... There's so many stories you can tell, especially in the superhero medium. Like, holy crap, just do it. Like, I want more. And I love franchises that start understanding adults and kids are watching them. And as they evolve, they stay with that. Like, How to Train Your Dragon 3 is very much a movie for adults. Because 10 years ago, they were kids. And now they're adults. (laughs) Or they've got kids. Or they were adults in the beginning. Now they're 10 years older. How to Train Your Dragon is a great example of a trilogy that's geared towards everyone. And has an amazing moral compass that more people should experience. And I think Spider-Verse did that in in two hours. Yeah. And and what's so incredible to me about this Oscars was Black Panther being the first time Marvel got an award. It didn't just get a technical award that we're not talking about. It got huge awards. It didn't get the big award, but it got nominated for Best Picture, which is forever an accolade. And then it got three giant awards, and they were all taken seriously. I love that we're talking about costume design as, like, not just over here. Ruthie Carter changed costumes again. And production design, it felt like you could take a plane to Wakanda. That was the first thing I thought when I got out of that movie. I was like, I'd like to visit Wakanda, because thanks (laughs) for making it real. And then the score, I can't speak higher of. So the Oscars... Uh, this is the year I was least invested, to be honest. I watched clips on YouTube before I watched the ceremony. I just kind of, like, Although, I acknowledged it. Like, I, I, there were a lot of good moments in this ceremony. No, there were, I'm going to squeeze it, it in because bad. it's sort of comic book related, but Samuel L. Jackson co-presenting with oh, Mike Larson and then getting the flying tackle hug from Spike Lee. Captain yeah. America like, being Captain America? Yeah. Captain, <laughs> like, helping Regina King upstage, and it yeah. looked like he was just like, all right, Steve Rogers is here. Like, yeah. I just, there were so many moments that comic fans got to see through different lenses. Yeah. I totally agree. It's no, fun it to good, have that set of glasses It was a good ceremony, on. definitely. I, like, <laughs> I don't mean to disparage the Oscars at all. Like, like I said, That's I love, cool. Lots of people don't enjoy them. Yeah, I do. I love watching them every year. I think it was just... Like, I enjoyed a lot of movies this year, but there were none that, like, not none, but, like, that got me, like, super excited. Because there were, you know, I loved a lot of the movies. But I don't know, I just, like, like you said, I just didn't feel as invested. It didn't feel like the Oscars, it felt like the lead-up to the Oscars. Everything I experienced, like, I usually go and watch all the movies leading up to it. I usually get, like, the ceremony I make a night of. And it was, like, the first year that I just was, like, casually excited. And and a lot of the, like... You were, like, 3,000 miles away. It's okay. That's fair. But also, By the like, way, how was Hawaii? Oh, my God. So, Hawaii, actually, this is a perfect... Uh, I was there for comics, and that is the beauty of comics, is they are everywhere. And in Hawaii, I got to have dinner with George Perez and present his retirement <gasps> tour. George Perez is retiring, and he's going on tour to celebrate. And I got to do the first ever moderating of that retirement show. So I got to do a complete career retrospective of one of my heroes. Uh, I got to sit down with the Infinity War team for the first time. They've never done a con together, ever. So Jim Starlin, George... George Perez, Ron Lim, and Joe Rubenstein for the first time ever talking on a panel Infinity talking Infinity everything. Mm-hmm. So we talked Gauntlet, we talked Leading Under Crusade, we talked War, we talked the MCU adaptations. Uh, I got to... It, it was such a beautiful thing because it felt like the 90s. It felt like when comics were just comics. It wasn't a pop culture con. It was a comic con. Mm, it was a yeah. sci-fi con. Like, Daniel Daniel Logan is Boba Fett, and that dude loves comics as much as any of us, and we got <laughs> to talk Star Wars fandom while Boba Fett's were lining up to meet him when we were talking about <laughs> Spider-Man. Like, it felt like what comic cons were. So... Check out, there'll be lots of footage coming. Uh, I went on behalf of these lovely, lovely folks. Uh, so Collider, myself, and Perry had so much fun, and we've got so much stuff coming to show you guys. I got a lot of actual, tangible, crazy interviews. Uh, but that's another hour of life to talk about. <laughs> I could literally go on. It was amazing. And I, I just had to ask. It's so, I'm so excited. I'm going to be getting these stories out of Koi for the foreseeable future. Don't you worry. Yeah, that, <laughs> we'll, we'll slow roll like every week. I'll be like, and then this happened, and then this happened. Because I could, it was the most densely packed three days of comic book culture. It was amazing. And there was a Funko Pop of Goose there, and an amazing company gave me a... Well, next week. Next week we'll talk about that. Because it's a big week this week, so next week we'll dive into that. But this week, we should talk about the change to Rotten Tomatoes that is, I think, a long time coming. Mm. And I think very important for comic book and film critique. Uh, What do you guys think about the changing of... Basically, what happened was... 
the movie hasn't come out yet, and only a few hundred people have seen it. We're in talking the world. about Captain Marvel. Uh, the the Captain Marvel release on March eighth. There's only been a couple, to my knowledge, press screenings. Maybe it just one. So only a few hundred people have possibly seen it. It was once it was open to fan reaction, inundated with lower and lower scores. Now, fan reaction is a category where it's it's, it's audience anticipation, but also there's a commentary area where people were effectively trolling because they haven't seen the movie yet. Now, I've seen a lot of backlash of people saying, no, 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 it's reactionary to comments, and people are just doing that because they no longer want to see it. No, they were saying they had seen it, and then they were attacking the movie with a lower score. And this has happened to many movies. It happened with Ghostbusters, and that might have affected its performance. It happened. It happens a lot with movies that people see as against them. And yeah. that's insane to me, one, that you would have a problem with this movie being against you. It's a, Anyway, that's another longer conversation to get me in trouble on the internet. But uh, <laughs> this situation was the movie's score kept getting lower and lower and lower because people hadn't seen it, but were pretending to. And I think Rotten Tomatoes made the right call by saying, hey, when the movie is released, here are the release uh, numbers. Here, here are the numbers that we are scoring it at, because then people don't have the chance to sabotage it ahead of time. What, what do you guys it think? It is frankly odd that it has until now been possible <laughs> to do all of this before the movie is released. Uh, I'm sure there will be complications about like when exactly they're going to make it live, and there will be folks, uh, you know... There, this has been an interesting... Uh, season of press coverage because it has been clear for some time that what I choose to believe is a small group of bad faith actors uh, have been out there. Um, I have seen it in responses of being excited. They will often hide it in sort of pretending to prefer a different thing. Uh, But, you know, we've all been on the Internet and we know what we're looking at when we see it. Um, And what we're seeing is nothing to do with this actual movie or the content of it or that stuff. It's to do with other factors that have no business wrecking a movie's (laughs) score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, So... It, I'm really glad they're making this change, uh, and uh, I, I'm curious what, what your take on the Rotten Tomatoes side of it is. Uh, it's been like a tough season. It's, it's one of those, you don't want to give people more oxygen because the mm-hmm. kind of folks who engage in this think it's hilarious that I am upset. And um, that's why we haven't spoken on it. Now that there's a big enough change, I feel yeah. like it's inappropriate. But uh, it's absolutely a thing. It is happening, and uh, I now have a huge place in my heart for Zachary Levi, which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, Rotten Tomatoes, good change? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> listen, the views expressed are those of the guests and not reflective of Collider as a whole. <laughs> um, <laughs> y'all misogynists and anti-SJW oh. morons need to knock it off. All right? That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not – like, that's <laughs> – uh, the change to Rotten Tomatoes, I think, is – uh, I agree. It's like, oh, it's overdue, like, especially in our current sociopolitical landscape where people, for some reason, view media as, like, some kind of propaganda um, against their, like, own personal worldviews, and they, like, see certain um, strives in media as, like, attacking them, which is ridiculous. Um, it's It's smart to kind of, like, restructure the way that you present your data and your information um, to not reflect the views of the vocal minority. Um, So when it becomes clear that that's sort of like everyone has a right to not want to see a movie. Everyone has a right to not enjoy a movie, but that's not what we're really talking about. And we all know it. Yeah, exactly. And what's been exhausting for me is that Brie Larson made a statement in a fair statement saying, hey, when I look at press, I see lots and lots of white dudes. <laughs> As a white dude in press, I didn't go, I feel attacked. I'm going to go on Rotten Tomatoes. I went, yeah. Me yeah. too. So I don't feel personally attacked as the person saying that. And she also didn't say, I don't like white men. She said, I look at this and I would like to change that. And a shift needs to occur with a broad statement. Things need to be changed and chipped away at and things need to evolve. So Brie Larson has never come out at you, upset white man. She has said this needs to change. And that's what I feel like is causing a lot of this backlash. Because when I, I was on Movie Talk yesterday and a lot of comments came out like, well, the reason that score got lower is because she hates this race and blah, blah. and that's not the conversation and we don't yeah. talk about that on this show because it is a lose-lose situation yeah, sorry there's, i brought it up there's no it's, it's really <laughs> important it's just like i think it, you know you call a spade a spade like it's there there's just um 
like people saying that you know the score is what it is because people don't want to see the movie. Like we know that's not true. This is if a you Marvel don't care, movie. you sit home not caring. You yeah. don't wage a war. This is the yeah. this is the prelude to Endgame. Like everybody, I mean, not everybody wants to see the movie, obviously, but like. You know, it's it's a Marvel movie, unlike any other, or like any other. People want to see it. And I'm not big on horror movies. Like I, I get uncomfortable seeing people die. Like I'm actually affected. Like when I, I went and saw yeah. Halloween, and I, it was the first time I was like, those kids are too young to be trick or treating by themselves. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. So I have since pulled back on horror movies. I don't go on IMDb or like Rotten Tomatoes and be like, Happy Death Day to you is ruining the youth. <laughs> I just don't see it because I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. That is me, not me going after the horror movie franchise. Yeah, so yeah. that's like affected what this is being like this is affecting blah 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 so if you don't want to see it don't see it but don't attack those that want to and don't attack the filmmakers don't attack the movie because you don't have that right art is subjective and you haven't seen the art to give a take on it so Rotten Tomatoes and don't I act think like you just re- like the knives have been out for the movie since for a long time yeah, yeah. like don't be like yes this thing that I think that she said three weeks ago definitely is the reason because I, okay uh, this is Zach let's talk Levi. about Zachary Levi yeah. so who is a the, freaking awesome so on the good side, Zach Levi is a hero in real life. <laughs> the man came out, and, and it was a beautiful, it was succinct, it was a two-minute message of Zach Levi being like, hey, um, you saying you don't want to see that movie in support of me doesn't support me. So don't do that. Don't bring me into this. What's wrong with you people? And I really enjoyed that he was on his own. It was a, it was a Instagram or Facebook Live. It was a live. And it was just him saying, like, don't make your cause seem like it's to assist ours, because that's yeah. not what we're saying this movie comes out completely separately he even acknowledged the funny coincidence of the captain marvel name as what a crazy coincidence these movies had this is the 21st movie in marvel's saga and it's a movie that is reshaping the dc universe the statistical anomaly of these existing in the same month is insane or within the we same release date we should be that. celebrating it. there's no way they were like you know i bet in about 10 years and 21 movies <laughs> we're going to release that and i bet warner brothers is going to happen like that's not possible so he basically said stop using that guise of I'm supporting this movie to attack this one. He also said he's excited to see the movie. He threw his full support behind it. And I just want to say as someone that is in a movie competing directly with another, what a great great man and what a great move and he didn't do it on a press tour he didn't do it on an official junket he did it on his own time and he did it in a live to say hey this is my support and that's what we need more of why not lean positive in your facebook lives and the director uh sandberg also tweeted out like can't wait for this movie to make all the money where like i i i love these people for taking what you know and, and I believe I, I'm fully. It's totally plausible to me that Zachary Levi might have, like, like he says, just found out this is happening because he's like a, a, a busy working tour. dude who is not necessarily on the internet seeing all of this stuff. Uh, and, and so I, I just I love to see this. It also like it feels personal to me because I am a comic book person, and like, how dare you make a, original Fawcett Captain Marvel fans look bad by like? Yeah. I, I will never accuse someone of being a fake fan. But, like, I've met people who love the original Captain Marvel, and they are good, sweet people who love comics, and you, like, how dare you try to give them a bad name? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is going to, like, a fun, family-friendly movie, and I hope it makes all the money in the world. Uh, and I, I'm very excited for, like, there's nothing to be sad about here. Maybe you'll enjoy both of these movies. Maybe you won't wait. enjoy either one of these movies. But as he said, if you're into both of them, rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. I See, I was one of the people that, like, was always against them officially changing Billy Batson's superhero name Shazam. Like it I hurt always, us all inside. Yeah, I always liked the <laughs> Captain Marvel moniker. Um, but you know, like on a softer side, maybe or, DC shouldn't have sued him out of existence in 1948, <laughs> which is when this shit goes back to. Uh, <laughs> on a softer note, like I didn't mean to come at you like that, Internet. You know, I just like <laughs> I just you know I get impassioned because I care. Like you know, I'm a, I'm a huge comic book fan. I'm a huge movie fan, and I I, I really appreciate. Um, both these characters coming to life on the big screen, you know, and and I just don't want to see um, people's like, I, I don't want to see the the love surrounding the characters torpedoed by people that are negative, you know, like, and if you and if you are one of those people, just like, I, like I think I get where you're coming from, you know. There's there's an anger that maybe you need to work out, you know, and feeling attacked. This just is not the this isn't the. Um, 
you know, the, the, the avenue to do it. And know. feeling attacked is the worst feeling in the world. So by the time you hear something and you feel attacked, you're not thinking clearly. So yeah. I, I do give like some wiggle to people that feel attacked, and, and I just think they should look at the facts. They should look at the actual quotes. They should actually listen to the source instead of hearing it from their friend's 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 friend on the internet and like retweeting things. Like uh, I, I also mentioned this in movies. You guys know Ben, right? Ben Mackler? Mm-hmm. A little. Ben Meckler's a fantastic writer. Uh, I think he's over at DreamWorks now. He's an artist. He's a great dude. He tweets every time a movie gets released, and as the press releases come out, he does a tweet, and in the middle of that tweet is a lie. And every time... I've seen these. They're hilarious, because they're very obvious. It's like, and the dancing pandas were the best part. So he said at Captain Marvel, he's like, man, I love Captain Marvel. I was so impressed that they just played nine Friends episodes back-to-back in the middle. <laughs> and then every company ran with that quote. Did and, they really? Oh, yeah, so many companies. And in this one, he's like, it was crazy that Bucky came back, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and wow. then a bunch of companies. Uh, so by the time, within 24 hours, I saw memes on Instagram that were like, Samuel Jackson leaks that Bucky is in Captain Marvel. Samuel Jackson had nothing to do with it. Bucky, to my knowledge, isn't in Captain Marvel. And this is because Ben doing the thing he does in his tweets. But that infographic doesn't have any sort of Twitter connotation. So by the time you see that, people are getting mad because they're spoilers. Yeah. That's not real. And stuff like this happens because of the internet. Wow. So that's just a tiny example that happened this week that I thought was hilarious. So just be careful with your source knowledge. Be be careful yeah. with what you're getting angry at. Be careful with what you think is fact until you know the fact. I'm not going to speak on any specifics. Just look it up. Yeah. But on the once again brighter side, uh, Asher Angel, who plays young Billy Batson, had never done a Comic-Con. I had the distinct pleasure to do the first ever panel with Asher Angel. I got to moderate Asher's first ever con. And I have to say, I was excited for Shazam before, but then I met Billy Batson, and he is Billy Batson. Oh. That kid is amazing. Uh, he His story is nuts. His family made him do 30 plays before they moved because he was like, we're going to make sure you're actually into this acting thing. Like, his mom was an actress, and she was like, this is what we're going to do. So he did 30 plays. So he's like a theater Theater fest. kids. That's cool. Theater he's kids. He's such a theater kid. Yeah. So Tom like, Holland. It was, it was so cool to be like, hey, this is awesome, and we're going forward with this. And he's earned all the accolades. He's not just a, like, you're always worried when a kid gets such a big part. He's ready to be with Billy Batson. So I'm really excited to see him take over it. But also in the world of DC, while we're talking about how excited we are for Shazam, right as we were talking, news broke. We officially have an Aquaman 2 release date. Yes. It is going to be December 16th, 2022. So another Christmas release. What do you guys think? Oh, I can't wait. Uh, 2022. How That'll be four years in between. Yep. Yes. Okay. Wow. That's uh, good. They need a lot of time to make a lo- underwater gorgeous kingdom magic, yes. which is what I want and what I can reasonably expect to get because of what they gave me in the first one. Um, so, yes, please open ticket sales immediately. <laughs> Has James Wan been confirmed to return? Uh, he not, not as far as I know no. confirmed. I, there's been the strong rumor of why not, like yeah. probably. I'll be really excited when like there's a script and James Wan is confirmed. Oh, yeah, they confirmed the writer, and there was Mm -hmm. the earlier rumor that he was waiting on script. So it seems like everything is proceeding in a reasonable direction. And at a reasonable pace. I'm glad they're not rushing. Because I think think James Wan's direction was the best part of of Aquaman. So um, as long as he's coming back, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be a happy comic book fan. So we got a release date, which means it's more tangible than ever. Yeah. And again, I am so excited for Shazam. Any superhero with an exclamation point in their name obviously speaks to me. Uh, and I think I did finally cross the gap where like I can say Shazam without like cringing inside. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm just used to it now. Like because we we need a way to talk about these things. Um, and like on the fun side, the fun way we wanted to have with this moment, we all get to spend the next two months explaining comic book history to everyone we know, is that the which is like the greatest gift. Uh, so uh, all of it's us, like, good no, luck he was with out that. Selling Superman. <laughs> he, he was. It's no, true. Yeah, they put it on the cover. Also, uh, we. Might be getting a new trailer soon. So, uh, moving on to minor mutations, we've got a lot of smaller news that broke this week. We sure did, including just some weird, fun news. Like they decided to issue a Guinness World Record for longest uh, run of performances in a uh, playing a Marvel superhero, which is shared by Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart. If you haven't seen the video, it's adorable. We'll talk about <laughs> that in a minute. Also, and this is very important to me, my son. Spidey Cat, who plays Goose the Cat, in my mind and my heart, got a live stream. There's an entire live stream with Goose the Cat, the most important thing that actually happened this week. So good. The music. It was so epic. (laughs) Uh, We got some really cool out-of-the-box comic book news. Netflix is again on that buying spree. They are making Greg Rucka and Fernandez's Old Guard with Charlize Theron, Kiki Lane, and director and comic book adjacent superstar Gina Prince-Bythewood. We also got news that Captain Marvel is currently outpacing not just Aquaman, but also 
Deadpool, Wonder Woman, and many more comic book movies. So somehow that low number on Rotten Tomatoes seems false about who's anticipating the movie. What a weird coincidence. We'll get into it. Uh, Marvel is not going to give us all that information we want on the next slate of movies, probably until after Far From Home. We have a few more months to sit here and make random guesses. Which I love. (laughs) And the most important news I've ever reported on. The single biggest revelation in the history of comics or pop culture... Eminem is very, very mad at Netflix, and John Bernthal supports and loves Eminem. We're going to talk about that beautiful interaction. (laughs) Uh, A little more sad news. Uh, Just in the Be Nice to People Online category, Venom writer Johnny Cates uh, has unfortunately been receiving some death threats for a comic book story, which is just never okay. Please stop doing that. He's a real person. These comics are, they're make-believe, and it's a story, and he loves Venom, so let's maybe, I don't know. Also, in the world of crazy, crazy news, we're finally getting the joker (laughs) after years gotham's jokers crazy saga is paying off we'll talk about that in a minute uh and we got a a pair of uh rating announcements sometimes rumors are just rumors black widow isn't gonna be r and was never gonna be r um it was always just something that people were like maybe uh but you know what will be hellboy makes all the sense Let's let's have a help in our very excited. Uh, we also got a quote that is actually mind-boggling. I've been trying to wrap my head around it. The Eternals movie could span tens of thousands of years, which means the scope of this beast is crazy, and I'm very excited about the Eternals being as eternal as their namesake implies. I mean, they're eternal. It's right, it's right there. It's, it's, so as our guest this week, of those stories, what jumped out at you most? Oh, man. Uh... All right, I got to talk about this Eminem punishment. <laughs> so, you know, Koi and I are both big M fans, you know, um, always have been. We, we both really like his music. And for me personally, and I've talked to Koi a bit about it, like I love the Punisher series on Netflix. I think season one is a masterpiece. I think season two is really good with some masterpiece episodes. Um, and so when I saw that and, you know, that, that went around the news cycle, I saw like the screen caps on Instagram and everything hundred million times. Uh, I was like, like it was, it's awesome, man. Um, and of course everybody referenced like the Eminem cross uh, the Eminem Punisher crossover from like the two thousands or whenever. Um, so yeah, it was awesome that he like came out and support. He's supporting his friend. Yeah. The guy he teamed up with. Exactly. He knows the guy. And, uh, in regards to the, the Venom story, the Venom writer story, I guys, <laughs> I'm just, there's gonna be so many gifts we love you and Trevor. we know that you uh, the uh, listeners uh, of collider heroes are not doing any of this stuff yeah so thank you right. for being your wonderful selves i'm just gonna on this whole thing man i just gotta say like people are just people you know you gotta treat them like people we're all just trying to make it in the world all right you know just remember that everybody else is also a human being um and so, yeah, I, I had some thoughts on the other stories, but like you guys go and, and jog my memory. Uh, well, I, I love it. People are people, but we will still find it hilarious that Eminem is, is going to all caps shout at Netflix. That's, um, yeah, so that's, I got I to gotta leave with that because to me, this is insane because if you know anything about Eminem, he doesn't know computers. It was like oh, two, yeah. 2008, someone told him, like, uh, like, someone told him there was porn on the internet, and he was like, what? Like, Eminem doesn't know computers. So Eminem tweeting is usually like sharing an album. And you can tell it's his publicist, and most of his tweets are just like, "I'm going on tour." It's this was Eminem in all caps. Like you, when you read it, I heard Marshall's voice just yelling at Netflix, and it was the first time I was like, "Wait, Eminem actually figured out Twitter." That <laughs> amazed me in itself. But then to have John Bernthal call him the goat, which in my opinion he is, and share a moment of like Punisher to Eminem, where they're like, "Yes, violent brother in arms, I see you." <laughs> I love it. Just like the internet was made for these moments. I just it made me so happy uh, as a giant fan of both John Bernthal and Marshall Mathers it was peak internet and if it was over the Punisher that just made it like now I can see them meeting up at a bar and just talking like yeah it's a shame it got cancelled you know that Kamikaze album is really something special yeah you know I really thought season 2 had some moment like I just I see it now and it makes me so happy it is also extra funny because there was that one uh, poor lovable character from season 1 that I just kept referring to as that Eminem kid <laughs> so it all comes full circle for me and he like Eminem has so many comic book references in his raps if you listen yeah. to talk he like at deep ones too he talks about odin a lot in like the kamikaze era eminem so him being a giant comic book fan and just not being able to hang and feeling like loudly how we've all felt about the daredevil and cancellations like to see that made me very happy oh i am gonna say i i i 
believe and and I hope and believe that Captain Marvel is going to make all the money. But like I will say, it is appropriate to to like look with one grain of salt at the uh, sort of outpacing early sales figures in terms of the fact that uh, as part of that Marvel line, like there's more of a chance that people like they have their movie going have it set. Yeah. Um. So like that's I think that comes into this discussion of like yes I do think that it's gonna do really well and I'm thrilled about that but like it is reasonable to point out that like if you've bought tickets together for the last 19 movies you probably also bought tickets together for this one fair and therefore yeah. that should come into that discussion of box office I think but it'll also, hit hell yeah was it was it Fandango tracking yeah Fandango tracking and yeah. I think it'll hit 100 million that opening weekend I think it'll it'll think live so. I think it'll hit like 450. By the end of its run, really? I think it'll do well, and and like the budget's not going to be as crazy just, as like an Avengers movie. I get concerned about the Avengers coming out like so soon afterwards. Well, it's like the Black Panther thing. It's a, yeah, it's a, a further it's, spread, it's like similar. February to April, but like this one-two punch. I think I think there's going to be a week where I can walk into a theater and I can watch Captain Marvel. Yeah. And Shazam, and Hellboy, and Avengers, <laughs> and then nine hours later, I can leave bleary-eyed and happy. Like that's going to be a crazy day. Really happen to go to the bathroom. Nine hours. Three plus two plus two plus two. Yeah, right. Like no, that's more. That's no. It's so many hours. No, two plus two plus so two plus three. Hours. Nine hours. Yeah, that's coming. It's coming, guys. Because I'm not taking breaks. <laughs> no, but we are insisting that there be a four-hour cut of the next Avengers movie. I mean, so it's gonna have to alter the math. I'm just <laughs> it'll saying. Hit ten. Concession uh, stands. Get ready to have our backs. And uh, on the the old guard going to Netflix. Yes. I, I I haven't read it, but I am um, a big fan of Rucka, Greg Rucka, and and Charlize Theron. So. Um, I'll, I'll really be looking forward to that, and I'm going to have to go to my local comic book store and pick up. Uh, is it? It's in trade. Is it a? It should be. Yeah, I yeah. think the trade is out. It was a mini series from Image. Uh, those those dream team of comic book creators and awesome collaborators uh, for Netflix. And the reason I called out Gina Prince Bythewood is she was supposed to be making our Silver and Black movie. Yes. Um, which I mean, is she's taking the graphic novels, uh, which is awesome. And in the meantime, I believe she directed some of Cloak and Dagger. Oh, okay. which is why I'm like. I'm, you are one of us. <laughs> yeah, she comic clearly book sees people. Officially initiated. Mm-hmm. She knows mm-hmm. the comic store through We and see through. you we being are. awesome. Please deliver a great old guard movie. I do want to talk about the Donny Cates thing because he's a friend of the show. Uh, we had Donny Cates on for our Halloween episode, and he came with his girlfriend, Megan Hutchison, who's an incredible artist, and they are darling. Uh, they came dressed as Bill and Ted. If you don't, <laughs> if that doesn't make you a great person, I don't know what you want from people. Donny Cates is, the thing with Donny Cates is he loves Venom more than anything, and it's exhausting to see that someone can have a different opinion of Venom and think that someone doesn't love the character because they see it differently. The beauty of these characters is they're multifaceted. The whole, if you watch Spider-Verse, the message you were supposed to walk away with amongst many as anyone can wear the anyone mask, almost mask. like characters are multifaceted. So maybe if it's not your Venom, don't attack the man that is his Venom because he loves the character so much that he spent his life getting to the point where he can write it. The man loves, this is his life goal and he's doing it and I think he's killing it. I'm very proud of how metal Venom has become and I think Donnie is an incredible writer and a great dude. So attacking anyone is unacceptable, but attacking someone because they love something and you love it differently is, is peak what's wrong with you? Just, just don't do it. Sorry, I get upset. Death You're threats really wrong. like I just I just don't understand like people not seeing uh, the humanity in their actions and going after like Mark Riley what he went through recently with Twitter is just it's unacceptable that we use this powerful tool of communication for hate. It just, it's just so upsetting that we literally have the ability to learn everything that man has ever known and instead we're like <laughs> screw that guy. Just just be better. Just be better. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, I get upset. A minor mutation you enjoyed this week. No, you're just not wrong about any of it. Uh, I am very excited to see what Eternals is shaping up to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I feel like spending ten thousands of years, <laughs> like, if you know their story, like, that could just mean flashback scenes. Sure. Um, yeah. And that makes sense because there's a lot of history there. It is exciting because it's sort of like, what version of the Marvel Universe are getting? What does this say about the new thing? But we know they are hard to work on it. They're supposed to start shooting in the fall. Uh, so I, I, that's all just, like, correct. Oh, good. The Eternals. <laughs> um, that, that's, that makes sense. Um, I'm very excited for folks who've been following the Gotham journey. Um, yeah. I still need to sort of get into more of that journey, but I know it's been a long time and that actor has worked so hard and played so many different versions of things. So to hear that they did like a big Ace Chemicals episode, come on, that's just special. Yeah. That's just fun. Uh, and Cameron Monaghan's incredible, so I'm yeah. really excited to see his fully Joker Joker instead of <laughs> the, the variations of him being like, this is the Joker! No, <laughs> Don't say that. This is the jo- no. Sh- and now he can actually yell like this is the Joker, which excites We're me. Pretty sure that that is official. Yeah, I mean, um, but uh, 
Yeah. Um, and in closing, cats. Cats. Uh, that live stream, I definitely got mesmerized by it for like a substantial amount of time. Uh, the music was amazing. We were all voting on what backgrounds could go up. It was the best. The cat kept coming over for scritches, and the trainer kept like, and it was it was so like, as a viewer, I've never wanted anything more than to be like, pet that cat. That cat <laughs> wants head pets. Pet it. Uh, it was a 56 minute live stream with the star of Captain Marvel. Uh, frankly, <laughs> I, that's the person I can't wait to see most on screen. Uh, I have a bias. My son, Spidey Cat, looks just like this cat. If you guys don't follow me on Twitter or Instagram, if you do, you know this cat. But if you don't, do so, and you will see way too much about a cat. Uh, and I'm very excited because I there's now toys of my cat, and it's going right. to be a problem. Like, I was already a cat dad. Now my entire house is going to be covered in merch. So <laughs> it's a dangerous slope. So my, my son's already, you know, his ego's huge. He's not been paying rent. I don't know where the residual checks are going. <laughs> but he got a live stream, and frankly, I haven't seen any cat food money. I've been looking. It's been a slippery slope this week. I need to talk about... Uh, also, in the, in the the week of the news, uh, the slate. That excites me oh, personally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think I'm one of the few that don't want to know anything. Yeah. When they announced the seven movies at once, it felt very... For me, like, I knew the next seven... Like, no, I loved it. That it, was, was, it was the next I, three years of my life, and I, I don't want to know the next three years of my life. I want to be I want to be like, yeah, six months from now, this thing's dropping. This is exciting. Instead, I love the Serpent Squad, Serpent Society into Civil War reveal, was, and that can only happen yeah. there. But at the same time, point. but at the same time, I... These characters are dying. I don't want to know who survives. Oh, I don't want to know. <laughs> Contracts are up. <laughs> let's be real. Uh, but I don't want to know what might happen if I don't have to. I thought we would get it after Endgame. Um, and so it's going to be tough waiting and a little bit extra uh, post Far From Home. But, like, I get it and I'm excited for them to make a big deal of it. I mean, Endgame is what? Early July? Late June? What? I can't. No, not. Sorry. Far From Home. When is Far From Home coming out? In July. Okay. Because last time they were 4th of July week. So what you're saying is right before Comic-Con. What I'm saying is between D23 and Comic-Con, things are about to get crazy. And I'm also saying that they said they won't tell us the slate, but I'm pretty sure I know that Far From Home, Eternals, Black Panther 2, and all these other things are happening. I, I already know too much. Yeah. Like, as much as they can keep under wraps. Well, yeah. Like, we can, we can place pretty safe bets that, like, sequels are still going to be coming out, and we know Far From Home is. And, but I've heard, like, I don't know. I, I could be inaccurate about this, but I, I heard some rumors, not rumors, but like speculation that uh, Far From Home takes place in between um, Homecoming and Infinity War. That's what people think. There's a lot because yeah. the bus and stuff. There's a lot yeah, of Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it like conflict with the things that they said a few years ago. Kevin Foggy said blatantly that it was after. Yeah, I yeah. that's that's what I was I was trying to remember if if they uh, if that had been like confirmed. Um, so I'm not really sure. But I, that, I'm, I'm with you, Koi. Like, that's how I want it. Like, I, I really love having the slate and knowing what's coming. But, like, it's always subject to change. Like, that Inhumans movie never came out. That's true. Um, you know, so... Wasn't there a show? <laughs> no. But, that was uh, a fever dream. <laughs> but, you know, that was, like, when things were still kind of getting set up. We were introducing new characters. Doctor Strange, Black Panther. Uh, but with when you have, like, a game changer, like the one-two punch of Infinity War and Endgame... I don't want to know anything yeah. about what happens afterwards until I see Endgame. Like, like I exactly. Like I don't want to know yeah, want who's to getting a movie. Endgame. I wouldn't like. Like I'm. Like I haven't even. We've gotten one trailer for Endgame, and I'm not watching any. Oh, we've gotten two, right? Like a TV spot or something. We had a 30 second spot in Superman. Yeah, I'm not watching anything else. Like I watched the first trailer. And I got my blinders on. Like I'm not. You're not going to see me on the show <laughs> until after Endgame because I'm not getting anything spoiled. Like. Trevor's back this summer, folks, because he's got a, it's two months from yesterday. Yeah. Two oh yeah. yeah. Comes yeah. Out. Wow. I'm hiding in a closet for the next two months because I'm I'm so excited for Endgame, and once that's over, I'll start worrying about like what's coming and everything. Yeah. Um, so. That's me. I mean, we have a question coming up later in the Twitter session that kind of addresses this as well. But. Like with the solicitations, sometimes I read solicitations when I'm filling up my pull list at, at the store. This is at, a comic book thing. We uh, get little things a couple months ahead that let people know what they might want to order, and a lot of people will order from them. They are called solicitations. That's the text for them. It's not about prostitution. Amy, working with Amy is my favorite thing because sorry. my brain... No, no, no. I'm not sarcastically. I, my brain just leaps ahead 18 steps, and then she's like this amazing like hyperlink of like, here's what Koi said about this thing that is this thing. You don't know until you work behind a counter and you just casually say things and someone looks at you with like the glass eyes and you're like right oh dang okay um let me back up i was yelling about the clone saga to this kid at amazing con he had a ben riley hoodie on and he was like what's the clone saga and i was like bro and he knew it because the video game but it was so cool to give that to someone anyway solicitations sometimes they are a little too much 
And that I feel like when you give me the slate, it does something similar. Because solicitations need to be two or three months out so they can order the comics. And I'm like, but that event hasn't finished yet, so now I know this. And yeah. the slate felt the same to me where I was like, but I didn't watch that movie. Why would I want to know? So this announcement excites me because I feel like I can at least breathe in in-game. I can sit in those credits. I can weep. I can see it again, oh weep, and then find out what happened. Here's the I'm other thing. Ab- so much. <laughs> Here's the other thing about waiting on that slate. I'm just going to say, the longer they wait on that slate, the more I feel like they have had reasonable time to get some of those new properties involved. I can't say that it's going to oh, yeah. happen, yeah. but like, yeah. if they're like, we literally need to wait six months because we need all the dots to cross before we can actually start planning FF and X-Men, then I'm like, take your time! It will physically kill me, but it's worth it. So, we have covered all but two of the minor mutations this week, because I've been speaking <laughs> at full koi speed, so I'm going to quickly cover these last two. Uh, Hugh Jackman was surprised with a Guinness World Record while he was doing press for his tour. It was adorable. It's a two-minute clip watch it there's a the Charles Xavier skypes in it's adorable it's amazing oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Hugh Jackman is just the, the cutest man he was surprised they did like a full pomp and circumstance there was a dance behind him it's it's adorable and heartwarming and finally uh, I'm excited that Hellboy is rated R because yeah. that comic to me is very R uh, the, the visuals allow for it I think it will distinguish itself from the original two Hellboys that we all love because of that I think it, that's a great way to separate from we all love Ron Perlman as Hellboy he, there's a tall order to, to, to stand on so I think making it R will at least give it a different tone by its very nature. I was someone that wanted a Black Widow rated R movie because I wanted like a an espionage movie. But to be honest, I think that Black Widow rated R would have been a slippery slope in the wrong direction. Not many comic movies need to be rated R. Deadpool yeah. does. X-Force does. There are certain comics that do. But as soon as you start making ones rated R that don't have to be, I think you lose a lot of the market. You outage a lot of your audience. You don't introduce people to the right characters. And Black Widow, I want little... It's a very scary thought, but I want little girls to have a hero that's an assassin. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want girls to be able to, to go into a theater at 13 years old or 10 years old and not be able to not see it. So I think a PG-13 Black Widow makes more sense, so I take back some of my prior statements about Radar. But the right movies need to stay in the right categories, yeah. and I think that would have been the wrong one. I assume yeah. I looked directly at the camera when he said X-Force needed to be R, because we'll have that discussion later. <laughs> it's uh-huh. a t- the team that separates themselves because they're not X-Men because they kill. It needs to be Radar. And say- that's a bad idea, and I've been in a fight with this since <laughs> the early 90s. Yeah, and Amy and I have been fighting about this since Even we knew I each other. So, uh, <laughs> Black Widow... <laughs> I <laughs> I agree. Um, I you know I never really believed that um, that they were going to make Black Widow rated R just because she's been in the PG thirteen Marvel movies for so long. Mm. Um, and I get like I understand why people, there, especially since Deadpool, there's been such a fervor for more rated R comic book films. Um, and I understand why you know like it just gives you a certain edge, but. Um, but it's not necessary. Like you said, there are a few characters that need it. Like, mm-hmm. I would say Deadpool, if they ever made a Punisher movie, like, um, but... If they y- ever made a Punisher movie? Yeah. Oh, you sorry. Mean- another one. <laughs> another you Punisher movie. just got... The internet no, almost just... I was just- like, I know you know this, so I'm curious. Do you mean... Do you look, just... John Berthold has obliterated the other Punishers? It really... Like, look, I love... Trevor's very young. I... Hey. <laughs> I, I love... Like, I unabashedly love... Thomas Jane's Punisher film, yeah. Uh, but John Bernthal has exactly like just replaced. Like I, I read the Punisher in his voice. I get disappointed when the art doesn't look like him. Like it- I didn't mean that in any way. I was just legit. Like wait, I'm so confused. Did I imagine them? Um- All I'm gonna say is like if you're disappointed about like Black Widow or any other comic movie not being rated R, just remember the Dark Knight was PG-13. So you can do a pencil you can- trick. You can make it happen. Exactly. Like you yeah. can get dark without having to go R. That's a great example. Yeah. So we also have the source material for all this glory. We've got a comic list this week. A police! There is so much coming out every week. I feel like comics are accelerating. I feel like I'm reading more. There are more <laughs> yeah. books every week. It's a great problem. But this week... Uh, it's, it's really delightful. Uh, my top pick this week is Shazam number three, which, again, I've finally gotten used to saying. Um, hmm. It is goofy, and I love the heck out of it. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really digging this new run uh, on the character. I think it's a great jumping-on point to just sort of meet him as he is today, um, and I recommend. I recommend Savage Sword of Conan number two. I missed the first week's release. A fan actually was like, hey, have you read this? And I, I, it had someone slipped me by. We'll talk about that in a second. It's a solid book. Yeah, there, there are multiple Conan books going on, and apparently they're all great. I don't know what wonderful universe we slipped into. Uh, <laughs> speaking of weird stuff, uh, my outside the box pick this week is Peter Cannon Thunderbolt number two, which is by Kieran Gillen, coming out from, I think, Dynamite? Uh, and we'll talk about that. It is a uh, 
very strange, very ambitious, very interesting book. My Collider Call to Arms this week is West Coast Avengers number eight. I'll tell you why when we cycle back to it. It's a great book and it might need your help. And finally, Buffy number two. I have picked this variant cover because, A, I'm, like, weirdly enjoying the reboot Buffy comics. Uh, I didn't know how to feel about them going in, and they're, like, really fun. And, B, um, I gave it a special award for best targeting of me personally when they decided what Willow might look like (laughs) in the year 2019. I don't know how to feel about that, um, but thanks, Kevin Wada, for that beautiful (laughs) targeting. Now, I want to talk about this Conan book because much like when I had never read uh, – I, I hadn't read Archie comics ever. So I picked up Archie 700 because – how you survived childhood. Nick Spencer is writing such good Spider-Man. I was like, wait, I got to check out Archie. Yeah. I am in love with this Archie book. It is the top of my pull. It's the book I read first whenever it's on the week list, and that's just insane to go from like all of my heroes over here. But Archie's out. Have you read, read it. Wade's Run? I'm going to. Yeah. I haven't. You're going to love I, it. Yeah, I say go back and read that too. And I love, I love the team that have been on before now that I've looked back but it's been really cool to discover a book because of a writer and that's what happened with me with Conan now I love Jerry Dugan he reinvented Deadpool for a lot of people he took over Deadpool for years his run was incredible he started with Pesain Brian Pesain who's a stand up comic and then he took the book over by himself what was cool about the Pesain Duggan run was you had two comic minds one of them a stand up one of them a comic writer so Deadpool was the funniest he's been in a long time Mm. and then when Duggan got the voice he kept him and he was incredible Conan is about as opposite as Deadpool you get so i didn't know what to expect but this conan book has like weird like humor it's got like weird like uh like grunts and tom hardy isms where the humor (laughs) is like through this and then it's ron garney art so it's the art of like the deadpool a daredevil run that just ended Mm -hmm. and i love that daredevil run so it's a beautiful combination it's a very different conan than i've ever read i had read conan before unlike this but i'd never read a conan that felt like swashbuckly and action adventure this this book feels like i can see it in the movie and i'm really enjoying it i will say this issue has uh that i think they called the issue go ask crom and when you find out why it's great um there is like there is a conan the barbarian book out right now mm-hmm. by jason aaron there is savage sort of conan this book written by jerry duggan uh and there's an upcoming like belite queen of the black coast whatever her name is by teeny howard we're living in this bizarre like the like i want to say ron howard it's robert e howard <laughs> uh, quite different folks. he might direct it who knows um uh that like marvel just got the rights back to all these characters and they are going to town and arnold's reading them uh if you go on arnold's instagram arnold schwarzenegger there's oh, an arnold cool. cover and it's him flipping through comics and if you, if you want to be happy about comic books, look at Arnold read a comic. It makes you really yeah. happy. Okay, and I'm going to just real... Uh, I'm, I've been having an internal conflict because I don't want to tell you the hook of Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, but I'm worried you won't check it out unless I tell you the hook. But it is so much fun not to know. But I will say that that character, if you look him up, was originally a Charlton character. And if you can think of the weirdest, most ambitious thing that you might want to do with a former Charlton superhero. I am trusting you, longtime viewers of the show, <laughs> to follow those pieces and go check out. Like, it's a really, I don't know yet whether they're going to land this thing, but like, I know I'm riveted to watch. And we also have the amazing West Coast Defenders, which we've plugged many times. I think this book is great. I love the team. I love the individual members. I love them as a team. I heard a rumor this week, and I, got, I kept getting traction that West Coast Defenders might be on its last leg. So. I haven't heard that rumor, and it breaks my heart. This is on the list, not just because the book's great, but also because you need to buy it, apparently. That rumor could just be a rumor, but I want this book to keep going selfishly and because I think it's a good book. So check out West Coast Avengers. It has been a very funny, weird ride. Uh, now you, we were talking right before the show, uh, not only does this man have a book out, but also we were talking about certain comics. So for one, check out his book, but also. Uh, yeah, yeah. So something that's really cool over back in the Archie universe, um, like the or- Archie horror um, like offshoot of our comics. I've had comics. to make a special subscription for people who are like, just all the weird Archie stuff that's <laughs> going so on. It's so good. It's so good. Like, you have um, Jughead the Hunger and, like, um, Afterlife Werewolf. with Archie. Yeah. But um, they recently uh, came out with the first issue of Blossoms 666, which is a... Um, which is a Yeah, it's a comic book uh, featuring, like, surrounding the, the Blossom family, uh, mainly Cheryl... Blossom and my character on Riverdale, Jason Blossom, um, who are competing to be the Antichrist, <laughs> essentially. And Which is such a them thing to do. Yeah, and it's it's so much fun. Um, first issue has a bunch of variant covers that are beautiful. Um, I have them all <laughs> um, because I'm a nerd, and I have to say, like on a personal note, like as a child who grew up loving and reading comic books and just having a general obsession, like seeing a depiction of what looks like my face 
face on the cover of a of a comic. Like I I opened the box when I when I had them shipped to me. And I like teared up just because it was so it's just it's more than a dream come true. It's like my life is made and that's all I've ever like wanted in my life. So it's beautiful um, for me. And out of this pull list, um, I somehow didn't even know there was a new Shazam book out so uh Jeff is writing it Daniel yeah. Goldstein is on art uh it's been like it's it's great I didn't I don't know how I didn't know that Captain Marvel has always been like one of my favorite DC characters um and so I'll I'll have to you guys know I read and trade so I'm always like six months behind but I uh I'm excited to read that because I read the the new 52 like Shazam book that they did mm-hmm. um to like reintroduce that character and he hasn't has he had like I know he's part of the Justice League run um for a long time but that has was he, his last sort of yeah that was his solo that was his last solo yeah. book, right? Yeah. So I'm excited for him to have another solo and it was run. Backups in Justice League. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. But after the movie, I think his success will be apparent. I think there's going to be a big Shazam. Wave. Oh yeah, for sure. for sure. So we also have some Twitter questions this week. We want to dive into. Uh, these are actually sent from a couple weeks ago, but I love them so much. I've been using all of them. You guys sent some of the best questions, and there were like 50. So we're going to be sorting. Please remember, through. you can also send. You can always send us your your questions. Just use the hashtag Collider Heroes. We'll go through every so often and scoop those up. And in this case, our first one this week is from Justin Davis, at Justin Davis 5150. He says, and we'll read really quickly because we got a lot of questions, comics have the luxury of giving characters like Steve Rogers and Tony Stark a break when they want and to bring them back when they want. Since the MCU can't have that as contracts expire, what might the future look like for an MCU with no cap, Iron Man, etc.? Hashtag Ladder Heroes. So, I think the future without them is the future without them. I think Young Avengers, I think introducing new waves of characters, I think legacy characters, I think Spider-Verse showed us how much we can love Miles in two hours. I think we can have, I think we can have Ironheart. I think we can easily have Bucky or Falcon take up the mantle of Cap. I think that the characters, you... Anyone can wear the mask. It's, it's, it's all right there. So anyone taking on the mantle of these characters and making them a legacy, I think is something really cool. And I really liked The Dark Knight Rises having that last beat. So I want more mm. movies to do that and then I would have shown up it. for the, yeah. Yeah, you know, I would have um, been there for Joe's, Joe Gordon-Levitt's uh, Nightwing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that that's a way we can do it. Contracts have to expire. These people need to be able to... We, I mean, I feel like Chris Evans has been wanting to direct. He's got to do two yeah. indies. But this poor guy's like, he loves Cap, so he can't just leave. Let him do his life. So yeah. and like let these people like grow out of this. I think the sort of the the limiting reagent, if you will, for a lot of this is going to be whether one more or less coherent continuity can last more than like a couple decades. Um, yeah. Because there, at a certain point, we are going to run into a different set of problems from comics in terms of the fact that like comic book characters don't age the way actors do. But we are going to have a point where they start to discover that like the audience doesn't want to watch forty five films. Um, and they like so. There's there's a chance that eventually we're gonna roll around to like just a new Captain America, just a new sure. like a new Steve Rogers, a new Tony Stark. But in the meantime, they have this incredible deep bench of all of these characters, and they have like they have a, an incredible deep bench of minor or like future major characters, <laughs> um, which Iron Man once was, uh, and they have the as you pointed out the legacy characters, which they are already laying the groundwork for yeah. in a really satisfying way. Um, so I think I think it's it's going to be one of those like it's not going to necessarily feel elegant all the time, but like they are going to I think pull off sort of this impossible magic trick of like cobbling together a mix of minor characters, legacy characters, and eventually, yeah, like in a hundred years, there will have been multiple Steve Rogers in film. I'm, sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Assuming we aren't annihilated by nuclear bombs. You know? Like <laughs> the one of the other of those things is gonna happen. One of the two will happen. Yeah. I uh I agree. I think for the immediate future, it's it's not going to be that difficult for Marvel like to shift focus a little bit to their newer characters, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, you know, characters that are just getting started in the MCU. And as for like characters, um, like my long running theory has been that um, if Cap dies in Avengers 4, um, Bucky will take over the mantle. He's, you know, um, the actor. Sebastian. 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 Yeah. I, I'm sorry, guys. I get nervous when I'm on camera and I forget names. <laughs> um He's going to, like, play Captain America for a number of years until they, the storyline brings Captain America, brings Steve Rogers back, and they'll just bring him back with a new cast. Like, that, a new cast member. That's my theory. Like, Sebastian Stan will take over until they recast, and then Steve Rogers will be back. Um, and in the meantime, like, they will have, yeah, like, a focus on Young Avengers, new characters um, being introduced, all that. Um, and as for, like, Iron Man, I actually heard a theory that... Um, 
that like he's going to become a Jarvis like AI, right? And he's at home. Yeah, exactly. So then, like, they won't have to get. They could even get like a Rob Downey Jr. impersonator. Who like the <laughs> like? There's a guy who voices Iron Man in a lot of the um, like animated series yeah. that sounds just like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. So I mean, like, if they really wanted to, they could do that. If Rob Downey Jr. like really didn't want to sit in a recording booth, like <laughs> make his billion and five minutes. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, it's it's it won't be a huge problem now, but I am curious to see like in twenty years time, like you know, or thirty years time, what what's going to be the landscape of superhero movies or Marvel movies if the MCU is even going to be a thing. Yeah, you know, there's also another team forming, and that brings us to our sweaty question. Also, Downey Jr. doesn't make a billion dollars movie. That was an exaggeration, but that brings us to our sweaty question Whoa, of the week. We're started on Collider Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> our sweaty question of the week is from Stephen Clark at Stevie C L Nope Thirty Two L F C. Hey. Guys, when the X-Men come to Marvel and we get our first movie, who would be your seven X-Men characters and who would you like to see play these characters? Oh. Hashtag Flattered Heroes. I have to so say... So Koi went off. I, no, <laughs> I've got a list. But also, this could be our new Avengers. We could just shift focus to the mutants. We yeah. might not ever have a team of Avengers again as the leads. We could shift over to individual X-Men movies teaming up, teaming up, and they could just go that direction without sacrificing the Avengers stuff. It's possible. The new Avengers could be the X-Men, which would be interesting. Uh, but I think that we cast correctly and we'll have those individual movies be an option. Yeah. And with that, I'd love to hear your guys first. Cause I went ham. I, so, um, I always said that like my ideal situation with the, with the Fo- Disney Fox merger would be to port the fantastic four completely into the MCU, bring them in, introduce them, um, and have them be like a, a very large part of the movies going forward. And then on the X-Men side, I always said, just, just introduce Wolverine as like an enhanced individual, um, and then leave the uh, and so you can have a Marvel Wolverine and a Fox Wolverine like they did with um, Quicksilver, mm-hmm. you know, and just leave the X Men to their devices in the Fox realm and have Wolverine as part of the MCU because I think that's the character people most want to see in general. I know people love the X Men, so that would always be my ideal. I think, um, but if you're going to bring all of the uh, X Men over into Marvel, which I'm not opposed to, I'm not saying that that's a bad idea. Um, if I could only pick seven, like there's so many X Men. Yeah. Like I, and is that just just the X Men or their villains too? Because you obviously need Magneto, you know. But I'd say like Charles Xavier, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Storm, Rogue, Jean Grey, and Cyclops. I think are my my seven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I counted. Um, I think those are like the top ones for me. Uh, if, if you're just talking X Men, and I'll leave the casting to you because like, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, you're way better at that than I am. I think I have eventually come over. I approach this question from the, like, which version of the X-Men. Like, if I have to actually make a choice, which, as y'all who know the show know, I I hate that. I hate actually having to be, like, pinned down and make a final call. But I think I have now been persuaded by the folks, possibly including you, who have argued over time that, like, the right way to do a first X-Men movie is to just go ahead and do uh, Second Genesis. Mm -hmm. Um, To do, like... Professor X needs to go around the world and recruit a team of mutants to save the earlier team who will just accept, like, we're operating secretly or whatever and have been kidnapped. Um, and because I think, like, getting Gene and Scott and, uh, I like, I, I'm in a constant fight with the people who think Wolverine is the sex- center of the X-Men universe, but I do understand that we probably need him. Um, so Wolverine, Storm, uh, Professor X, Cyclops, Gene, Nightcrawler, um, and, like, adding in folks around them to fill out I think a portion of that original and second generation team and just do them at once it's a lot of characters but like if Feige's in charge I feel like we can do it Yeah, I think that having the original five would be a lot of fun and then you could either have them young and have that be growing up with them a la Harry Potter if you want to have a young version of X-Men and I'd love to see the Xavier school I'd love to see Umbrella Academy type thing I'd love to see flashbacks I'd love to see it evolve from young that'd be really great for me but I'd also love to see and I've talked about Second Genesis with you where you have the new team which is basically the Storm Nightcrawler Colossus when X-Men were revitalized in NKD 94 was it 94? Giant size in the 94 Giant size in the 94 so then you you bring that team in and that way you have all the people people recognize so there's two versions to do it I think there's a hundred but those are the two I do so I did a few more than seven and I also fan cast young and old. So bear with me because I have two takes, right? So I've got young and old. So for Cyclops, for the older Cyclops, I've got Justin Hartley. I think he's great at drama. He's great at action. He looks like a superhero. He got to play Aquaman, but he played that in his CW days. He's on This Is Us. He's got a lot of range. He'd be a great Cyclops. Cyclops is the leader of the X-Men along with Storm. Make him count, Justin Hartley, as a 
young leader of the X-Men, Dylan O'Brien. I think it'd be great. He does an amazing work in his franchises. I think he looks like Cyclops. He's got yeah. a lot of merit yeah, there. Mm-hmm. Jean Grey, for the older Jean Grey, Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones. I think she's got a lot more chops than she gets to stretch. Ooh. I think she's got a very good romantic love interest attribute that is so important to Jean because the love story makes the Phoenix Saga so much more palpable. So I think yeah. the love is something you should... I'd love to see the notebook of X-Men, bro. Like, that's, Shoot, yeah. I think she might be my rogue now that you Ooh. brought that up. Okay. When we All get right. there, which might not be movie one. Uh, Jean Grey, young uh, Sophia Lillis uh, from It and from uh, Stranger Things, the yeah. the young girl. I think she has that beautiful innocence and that intensity. Uh, I think Beast. I didn't think of a young one, but my old Beast because I always picture Beast as older. I don't picture young Beast. Joel yeah. Edgerton, his physicality, his intelligence, his brutishness. Like if you watch Warrior, to me that's that's Hank McCoy. I love Joel uh, Edgerton. So good. Uh, Iceman, older Iceman, Sam Rockwell. I don't even. I don't even need. Oh my gosh! I don't even need. I don't even need to follow up. I don't even need. Sam Rockwell. That makes me smile. Uh, Young uh, Iceman Robert Sheehan. Uh, Like after watching Umbrella Academy, Robert Sheehan is going to be in a lot of fan casts. If you want a handsome uh, Iceman, go Efron because I think that that he's my Human Torch, but he's also Iceman. They're very similar. Uh, I'm going to speed through the rest of these. Uh, We got Angel Charlie Hunnam is the older one. Storm Susan Kalichi Watson from This Is Us. She's brilliant. She's Randall's wife. I think she'd be an incredible Storm. I want a Storm solo movie, and then I want that to be how we bring in the new X-Men, the, the new X-Men and X-Men 94. Oh, never mind. That's what I want. I'm uh, going to change my mind a hundred more times <laughs> until they yeah. announce the real plan. Uh, Wolverine, older, Zach McGowan. Younger, Taron Edgerton. Zach McGowan from Black Sails. Taron Edgerton, I think, has the look and he's the right height. Zach's a little yeah. tall, but that's the thing. Uh, Alicia Vikander as X-23 if we're going over. Uh, Sophia Batella if we're going older. Uh, if we're going younger and uh, young unknown. Rogue, Alexander Rogue, Daddario. Sophia Batella uh, X-23 is right? amazing. Uh, <laughs> last four, uh, Rogue, Alexander Daddario. I think she'd be an incredible one. Uh, Gambit, Norman Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus to me is Gambit. He's just walking around without the cloak. Uh, Xavier, Ralph Fiennes for older, Sterling K. Brown for younger. If Sterling K. Brown's the age to lead a a younger team of X-Men. And Magneto, Daniel Day-Lewis for older, Idris Elba for younger. So that is my... I wish we had time to get into it all. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about those in a future week. I was just challenged, so I went hard. uh, That We went a little over, you guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you so much for joining us as ever. Thank you for having me. Thank you for fan casting questions. And as always, stay sweaty. Stay sweaty. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. (sighs) Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done switch to a better plan and michael i met with a local licensed insurance agent face to face and done go to myhealthpolicy.com to compare top rated medicare advantage plans in your area including zero dollar premium plans or call 1-800-GO-START that's 1-800-GO-START Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.